Section 2 of Tales from Dickens. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Highland Oaks. Tales from Dickens by Hallie Ermine Rivas. The Old Curiosity Shop. The Wanderers. It was a bright June morning. They walked through many city streets, then through scattered suburbs and at last came to the open country that night they slept at a cottage where the people were kind to them and all the next day they walked on and on at sunset they stopped to rest in a churchyard where two men were sitting patching a punch and judy show booth while the figures of punch the doctor the executioner and the devil were lying on the grass waiting to be mended the men were mending the dolls very badly so little nell took a needle and sewed them all neatly they were delighted at this and took the pair to the inn where they were to show the punch and judy and there they found them a place to sleep in an empty loft the next day the wanderers went on with the showmen whenever they came to a village the booth was pitched and the show took place and they never left a town without a pack of ragged children at their heels the punch and judy show grew tiresome but the company seemed better than none little nell was weary with walking but she tried to hide it from her grandfather. The inn at which they lodged the next night was full of showmen with trained dogs, conjurers, and others. Hurrying to a town where there was to be a fair with horse races, to which the Punch and Judy partners were bound, and little Nell began to distrust their company. To tell the truth, the others believed the child and the old man were running away from their friends, and that a reward might be obtained for giving them up. The way in which the men watched them frightened little Nell, and when they reached the scene of the fair, she had determined to escape. It was the second day of the races before a chance came, and then, while the showmen's backs were turned, they slipped away in the crowd to the open fields again. These alarms and the exposure had begun to affect the old man. He seemed to understand that he was not wholly in his right mind. He was full of the fear that he would be taken from her and chained in a dungeon and little nell had great trouble in cheering him at evening when they were both worn out they came to a village where stood a cottage with a sign school in big letters in its window the pale old schoolmaster sat smoking in the garden he was a sad solitary man and loved little nell when he first saw her because she was like a favorite pupil he once had he made them sleep in the schoolroom that night and he begged them to stay longer next day but little Nell was anxious to get as far as possible from London, and from the dwarf, who she was all the time in fear might find them. So they bade the schoolmaster good-bye and walked on. Another day's journey left them so exhausted they could scarcely keep moving. They had almost reached another village, when they came to a tiny painted house on wheels with horses to draw it. At its door sat a stout lady wearing a large bonnet, taking tea with a big drum for a table the lady as it happened had seen them at the fair and had wondered then to see them in company with a punch and judy show noticing how tired they were she gave them tea and then took them into the wagon with her to help them on their way inside of the wagon was like a cosy room it had a little bed in one end and a kitchen in the other and had two curtained windows as the wheels rattled on the old man fell asleep and the stout lady made little nell sit by her and talk in the wagon was a big canvas sign that read jarley's waxwork one hundred figures the full size of life now exhibited within 
i am mrs jarley the woman said and my waxwork is gone to the next town where it is to be exhibited she thought little nell and her grandfather were in the show business too and when she found they were not that they had no home and did not even know where they were going she held up her hands in astonishment but it was easy to see that they were not ordinary beggars and she was kind-hearted and wanted to help them so after much thought she asked little nell if they would take a situation with her she explained that the child's duty would be to point out the wax figures to the visitors and tell their names while her grandfather could help dust them they accepted this offer very thankfully for almost all the money they had brought was now spent and when the wagon arrived at the place of exhibition and the waxwork had been set up mrs jarley put a long wand in little nell's hand and taught her to point out each figure and describe it this ladies and gentlemen little nell learned to say is jasper pecklemerton who murdered fourteen wives by tickling the soles of their feet or this is queen elizabeth's maid of honor who died from pricking her finger while sewing on sunday she was quick to learn and soon became a great favorite with the visitors mrs jarley was kind but for the fact that her grandfather's mind failed more and more every day little nell would have been quite happy one evening the two walked into the country beyond the town and a sudden thunderstorm arose they took shelter at an inn on the high road and while they waited there some rough men began a noisy game of cards behind a screen the talk and the chink of money roused the old man's failing senses he imagined himself still gambling to win the old fortune for little nell he made her give him the money she had earned from the waxwork joined the gamblers and in a few hours had lost it all his insanity had made him forget the presence of a child he so loved and when the game was done it was too late to leave the inn that night little nell had now only one piece of money left a gold piece sewn in her dress this she had to change into silver and to pay a part for their lodging when she was abed she could not sleep for fear of the wicked men she had seen gambling when at last she fell asleep she waked suddenly to see a figure in the room she was too frightened to scream and lay very still and trembled the robber searched her clothing took the rest of the money and went out she was dreadfully afraid he might return to harm her if she could get to her grandfather she thought she would be safe she opened the door softly and in the moonlight saw the figure entering the old man's room she caught a view of his face and then she knew that the figure was her own grandfather and that crazed by the gambling scene he himself had robbed her all that night little nell lay and cried she knew to be sure that her grandfather was not a thief and that he did not know what he was doing when he stole her money but she knew too that if people found out he was crazy they would take him away from her and shut him up where she could not be with him and of this she could not bear to think the next day when they had gone back to the waxwork she was in even greater terror for fear that he should rob mrs jarley their benefactress so to lessen the chance of this each day she gave him every penny she earned this she soon knew he gambled away for often he was out all night and even seemed to shun her so she was sad and took many long walks alone through the fields one evening it happened that she passed a meadow where beside a hedge a fire was burning with three men sitting and lying around it she was in the shadow and they did not see her one she saw was her grandfather and the others were the gamblers with whom he had played at the inn on the night of the storm little nell crept close 
they were tempting the poor daft old man to steal the money from mrs jarley's strong-box and while she listened he consented she ran home in terrible grief she tried to sleep but could not at last she could bear it no longer she went to the old man's room and wakened him i have had a dreadful dream she told him a dream of an old gray-haired man like you robbing people of their gold i cannot stay i cannot leave you here we must go to the crazy old man she seemed an angel he dressed himself in fear and with her little basket on her arm she led him out of the house on away from the town into the country far away from mrs jarley who had been so kind to them and from the new home they had found they climbed a high hill just as the sun was rising and far behind them little nell caught a last view of the village as she looked back and thought how contented they had been there at first and of the further wandering that lay before them now poor little nell burst into tears but at length she bravely dried her tears lest they sadden her grandfather and they went on when the sun grew warm they fell asleep on the bank of the canal and when they awoke in the afternoon some rough canal men took them aboard their dirty craft as far as the next town the men were well-meaning enough and meant the travellers no harm but after a while they began to drink and quarrelled and fought among themselves and little nell sat all night wet with the rain and sang to them to quiet them the place to which they finally came was a town of wretched workmen who toiled all day in iron furnaces for little wages and were almost as miserable and hungry as the wanderers themselves no one gave them anything and they lived for three days with only two penny loaves to eat for all their money was now gone and slept at night in the ashes of some poor laborer's hut the fourth day they dragged themselves into the country again little nell's shoes were worn through to the bare ground her feet were bleeding her limbs ached and she was deadly faint they begged but no one would help them the child's strength was almost gone when they met a traveller who was reading in a book as he walked along he looked up as they came near it was the kind old schoolmaster in whose school they had slept before they met mrs jarley in her house on wheels when she saw him little nell shrieked and fell unconscious at his feet the schoolmaster carried her to an inn near by where she was put to bed and doctored under his care for she was very weak she told him all the story of their wanderings and he heard it with astonishment and wonder to find such a great heart and heroism in a child he had been appointed schoolmaster he told her in another town to which he was then on his way and he declared they should go with him and he would care for them he hired a farm wagon to carry little nell and he and the old man walked beside it and so they came to their new place next door to the schoolhouse was a church a very old woman nearly a hundred years old had lived in a tenement near by to keep the keys and open the church for services the old woman was now dead and the schoolmaster went to the clergyman and asked that her place be given to the grandfather so that he and little nell could live in the house next to his own dwelling the child sewed the tattered curtains and mended the worn carpet and the schoolmaster trimmed the long grass and trained the ivy before the door in the evening a bright fire was kindled and they all three took their supper together and then the schoolmaster said a prayer before they went gladly to bed they were very happy in this new home the old man lost the insane thirst for gaming and the mad look faded from his eyes but poor little nell grew paler and more fragile every day the long days of hunger and nights of exposure had sowed the seeds of illness the whole village soon grew to love her many came to visit her and the schoolmaster read to her each day 
so that she was content even when she could no longer walk abroad as she had always done as she lay looking out at the peaceful churchyard where so many whose lives were over lay sleeping it seemed to her that the painful past was only an ugly vision and at night she often dreamed of the roof opening and a column of bright faces rising far into the sky looking down on her asleep the quiet spot outside remained the same save that the air was full of music and a sound of angels wings so the weeks passed into winter and though she came soon to know that she was not long for earth she thought of death without regret and of heaven with joy end of section two